Hello and welcome to this special edition of Connecting to Host, where we're going to be talking about some of our favourite co-op games of 2016. We've had a, a brief hiatus, mainly because uh, one of our top games took up most of our time and we got slightly addicted. Uh, <laughs> but today we're, we're starting a New Year's resolution of, of recording this more frequently, uh, so look out for us every two weeks. Um, anyway, uh, this week we're going to be looking at our favourite games, um, and we've scratched our heads together and sort of come up with six games uh, ranked in order that we liked the most this year. Now they're not necessarily games released this year, uh, just games that we played uh, throughout 2016. Um, so we're going to kick off uh, with number six. Uh, John, what have you got? Cool, so my first game is Offworld Trading Company. That's the real-time strategy game where you play more with economics than units. So um, I think that was one of our first episodes, right? right back in 2016 and we kind of picked it up on a bit of a whim because we saw it and it looked cool and it was uh, it turned out to be really good i love the fact you could attack each level differently because the map was randomly generated and just overall the theming was pretty cool as well yeah, yeah it was a interesting game a, a nice twist on the real-time strategy uh, so instead of being about fighting it was about economics basically which sounds horribly boring but it was actually really good <laughs> yeah it was definitely not slow and boring was it i mean you were constantly kind of click 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 trying to trying to race to the finish so you could beat the other person and i really like the fact that we could play it 1v1 and if we wanted to we could play teams against the ai because i know that i don't know i think you're the same as me i'm not overly fond of just playing versus games over and over again but when you can team no. up against the AI, that makes it a bit more fun. And you could also put the handicap on. I remember in our first few games, the, the handicap was vastly in our favour. And we're still going, I have no idea what just happened, but things were blowing up on the screen. And you could do all the sort of sabotage and the black market. But there were, it felt there were just enough game elements that you were always busy, always rushing around trying to do things. Uh, and it wasn't horrifically hard to learn. It took a game or two to, to get used to, but you, yeah. could, you could enjoy it pretty quick. It seemed pretty complicated, and a game would last, I think it was about 20 to 30 minutes, right? So, um... Yeah, I mean, a typical game was about about that. I mean, it's worth pointing out that when we reviewed it, which was episode four uh, back in April last year, um, that it was just coming out of early access. So mm. it wasn't quite officially released yet, um, and they were just finishing off stuff like the tutorials. Um, so it's probably a lot simpler going into it now where you can you know do an hour of like the campaign that they built and do the tutorial and stuff and understand what's going on fully before you play multiplayer um so i imagine it's better from that point of view now uh but we had a lot of fun with it yeah definitely and something that i wanted to to mention that's added since we played it in our review was that they've added mod support recently so steam workshop support and that's pretty cool um i haven't yet had a proper look at all the things you can add with the the workshop but i guess you'll be able to add new buildings and possibly even new minerals to the map so you can customize it a little bit and i i remember looking soon after the support was added and there are only one or two mods but it'd be interesting to see that that flourish and grow over the next uh, couple of months because i think there's a lot of scope to just add a bit more twists and turns to the game if you've played it quite a lot so that was pretty cool yeah it was a good game 
good game. We'll definitely play it again. We, we, the problem is we always say that that uh, when we talk about these games, like, oh, yeah, we had a great time playing that. We should play that again. But then we end up just playing the same old things over and over and over. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, <laughs> as we'll come to shortly. <clears throat> All right. Well, my um, uh, the next pick, which was uh, our fifth favorite, was Forced, which was our very first to host recording, episode number one. Um, and Forced was a, a really interesting like a arena brawler i suppose you'd say like a, a co-op arcade rpg um where you were basically like two gladiators that would go off and fight in these arenas um and they had really interesting mechanics like these little orbs and stuff that you could uh move across the map um sometimes they had like scrolling maps that you'd sort of keep running and killing things as you ran um and we had a lot of fun with that i mean i think we played that for about seven hours yeah wasn't um, it mostly in one session i think as well yeah, it was all in a single day that we played it. I think we only had a break in between, uh, but we didn't actually finish it. And we've never gone back to it for the simple reason that it, we got to such a level of epicness uh, to get through the final few levels that were ridiculously difficult that we figured that if we went and played it this evening or something, uh, we wouldn't be good enough to do the levels. We'd have to go back a few and replay them in order to sort of build up and get used to it again and finish it off. So we probably should have just finished it that day. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I really liked the uh, difficulty curve, actually, of the game. I thought you had a good few levels at the start where you could learn it, but it got hard pretty quick, and that meant that you felt epic, like you just said. When you finished the level, you felt pretty epic because it required a lot of coordination, teamwork, and using all your powers at the right times. And I think it was really nice the way it was built to be a co-op experience. I mean, it really felt like we could buff each other in the fights and, you know, I'm going to run back. You you move the orb over that tile so that it heals me. Or you move the orb over the lightning so it does some damage to him. You stun him. When you stunned him, I'm going to move in for the hits. But I can't move in too soon because he'll kill me. So I think yeah. it, it really got the, the co-op and teamwork feel really good. And it was, yeah, just a lot of fun. I remember being surprised at how we were sucked into it. I thought, oh, yeah, this will be a laugh. We'll play it for two or three hours and... Then maybe go off and play something else, but actually it just sucked us in for the whole day. And uh, <clears throat> like you say, I, I really wish we'd finished it because at the time it didn't occur to me that the high difficulty meant that we wouldn't necessarily feel able to go back later. No, um, if we'd gone back like the next day or even the next week, then maybe. But now, uh, what are we? Eight months later, I think <laughs> it would be tricky. It would probably uh, only require replaying. <clears throat> half a dozen of the older levels if you pick them carefully and then we would still get stuck on the, the higher levels but i think oh, we'd be equipped difficult. to do it but but yeah i think it would probably take a couple of hours of of practice again before we could tackle the the last i think we got to that the last section right the last chapter so yeah i think so i think we had like five, five or six levels, levels left, left. Yeah. yeah it was good though i really enjoyed it yeah interesting game well worth the play good good co-op They've since brought out Forced Showdown, but I don't think that's a co-op game, is it, unfortunately, which is a real shame. So it's that. Oh, it's got like some card-based stuff in it as well. I don't really... Yeah. I looked so, at it and sort of came away underwhelmed. Uh, primarily, I think it was the lack of the proper co-op experience, which is a shame because the first one was such a good co-op game. So maybe there'll be a yeah. Forced 2 at some point and that will bring back the original with a bit more pizzazz. So. All right, what's next? Number four. Well, this was, uh, this was something that a year ago I would have anticipated being our number one this year. But uh, our number one came out of left field a little bit, didn't it? So this is Titanfall yeah. 2. And as many of our listeners will know, Titanfall was the, the game that brought us back together, really. I mean, 
We must have played it for a good year. At least once uh, it's a week. About 360 hours of gameplay. Yeah, that's quite a few hours. That's a good couple of iOS contracts in there. <laughs> um, but no, I, I it was a really good... Like, we played it on the Xbox One. And Titanfall 2 definitely didn't disappoint. I think it was actually one of the best shooters of this year. Uh, definitely, definitely for me, as a multiplayer experience, better than Battlefield 1 and... Uh, the Call, Call of, of Duty. Duty crap not that, I, not that I've played that but it's got to be better than that right um, yeah. it had everything like it had the, the cool mechanics for the grappling hook sliding around was, was greatly improved and just the general I don't know just the, the mobility I really enjoy like you can jump around and every few minutes you get the fun of being a titan again but it had everything the first one did but more but it just didn't grab us no um, I mean it was impressive that a game uh, the original Titanfall, the key thing that you would tell people was the mobility is amazing. Like you can wall run, double jump, do all these things that you don't normally do in first person shooters. And it felt really fluid. Um, and Titanfall 2 added to that even further, made it really fluid. It's like the grappling hook is really good, but actually sliding was more useful because you could like grapple, jump through a window, slide, then wall run, then slide again, grapple. Uh, it's just amazing chaining of movement. Um, but I think that the problem with this one and why we didn't play it more um, is that there was no real requirement to play more. Um, once you'd got to like, well, I got to generation two. Um, and you got nothing for that apart from a different skin for your pilot, which, you know, who cares? Um, whereas in the original, you had to, you know, there'd be an achievement for getting to Generation 10. Uh, there was a certain amount of skill involved to get there because you'd have different challenges that you had to complete. So to get between Generation 6 and 7, you had to get 10 gooser shots. And it's like, <laughs> well, that's very difficult. Um, so to, when you saw a Gen 10 pilot, you sort of wanted to almost tilt your helmet at them in a nod of respect <laughs> because you knew that they had played incredibly well to get there. Whereas in this one, uh, it's literally just a way of adding an extra 450 levels um, and there's no skill involved. It's just a case of keep grinding. Like You could lose every match. You could literally start a match, stand still and do nothing and you'd get a certain amount of XP and do that enough times and you'd be Generation 10. There's no... Uh, cap between generations that you need to do to unlock to get further so for that reason i was never really bothered to keep playing it because once i got to generation two i was like eh, i've got everything i need to from <laughs> this now i've seen it all i've played it all um i just... really like the variety they added over the first one though they had more weapon upgrades that you could you could apply yourself um they had all the faction stuff which i guess was just something else to level up and yeah the more variety on the Titans, which was also really nice. I think, again, everything about the actual game was just better than the first. But for me, I don't think yeah. the, the lack of the progression, that had a had a little bit of an impact, but it was just, I guess, we've been playing Titanfall 1 so much and there was other games that we will be talking about <laughs> soon that grabbed our interest just a little bit no more. Doubt. Which is a shame because I was really anticipating Titanfall 2 and it definitely didn't disappoint overall. It's just... Uh, other games grabbed me a little bit more this year so yeah yeah but it was a, a really good experience and it deserves the exceptional reviews it's been getting in in all the magazines and if if you're a pure shooter fan who just likes shooters and you know you don't necessarily need the kick of getting all the the upgrades and stuff along the way i think it's shooter of the year multiplayer shooter of the year for me so yeah. 
and possibly even single player shooter of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's uh, a lot of good variety in the single player campaign, which is very, uh, very surprising given Titanfall One's complete lack of single player. Um, the Titanfall Two single player is uh, arguably one of the best of the year. So um, definitely well worth checking out. All right, we'll get to the top three. So um, this one, we uh, we did a recording of, uh, I forget which episode it was. I think it was episode seven. Um, yes, it was episode seven, uh, which is Don't Starve Together. Oh, um, what a, a game. game. <laughs> we played it. it. It felt like we played it for longer than this, but we apparently played it for 12 hours. Um, and it's basically a, I guess you'd call it a roguelike survival game, but in yeah. co-op. Yeah. Yeah, with a nice artistic style to it sort of like a cartoon um i guess i don't know what style you'd call it really sort of like a a hand-drawn sort of almost like horror kind of style i would guess Mm, very much like Um, the kind of gloom card game or the is it emily mm. like emily is that i've seen some artwork with emily written on it and stuff yeah oh yeah another one yeah yeah but no it's um really good game mainly because those are the kinds of games that usually are single player like you start off with nothing you go around foraging bits and pieces you mix them together to make things that help you survive a bit longer and you have to survive for x amount of time Um, so there's plenty of games that do this like the flame in the flood or um this war of mine uh, or any of the other millions of roguelikes that are available um but this one i found was really good just because we could play it together um, so one of us would be doing the foraging stuff and going off every day and grabbing stuff and collecting all the bits and pieces while the other one stayed at the camp making snares and getting the meals ready and stuff like that. And then you'd meet back at night uh, in the safety of your place and, and hope that the hounds didn't try and eat you. Um, but it was a lot of fun. We never actually survived winter. We got to winter once, I yeah. think, maybe, maybe even twice, um, but we never survived um, and again, this is a game that I would love to play again, um, but it's just that other things have come along. We've not come back to it. There's a couple of things that I, I really liked about that game. And the first one was the difficulty curve. A lot of roguelikes, your character gets better between runs, and that's the thing that kind of helps you progress. Yeah. So in, uh, what's, there's a 2D scroller. Oh, I can't remember the name. Rogue Legacy, that was it. Uh, now in that game, it's a side-scrolling roguelike, but you your character gets stronger between the levels, so you just get better. And obviously, you get better as a player, but also your character gets better and you can progress further. So you have to die a bunch of times before you can complete it. But that wasn't true in Don't Starve Together. You just got better because you learned things, and there was a lot to learn. And I really enjoyed that exploration experience. You're kind of like, oh, what's this? What the fuck is that creature? Or, hmm, (laughs) I need to make something to keep me warm. Uh, I'll try and kill one of these and then you end up making stuff with the science machine and eventually you kind of go ah I can make some earmuffs or I can make that or the other and we made the cooking pot in some of our last few games and that was really good Um, and then you start to learn these recipes and you really you really like learn the game and that's what helps you progress it doesn't you don't start the new game with anything but more knowledge and skill in the game and you can use that to get further and I I really like that that learning experience, just the exploration of the game. And that's why I want to revisit it, because now they've added a couple of expansions. There's going to be new things to find, new systems to learn, new recipes to try out. 
Uh, and that's really but cool. even after even after twelve hours, we were still finding stuff. Like we came across creatures and be like, "What the hell's that?" Not seen that before. <laughs> or like, I think we found an entire like new area of um, like fauna and like new textures and stuff. Mm. We're like, "What's this? <laughs> this is new." Um, and I don't think we ever went underground. But I know you can do that in Don't Starve, and I'm pretty sure that's a part of Don't Starve together as well. We just never found how to do it. Yeah, we, we did. Just, um, we enabled we did that, that after about. Well seven or eight hours and i think we went underground maybe once or twice um maybe i did in our last game i'm trying to remember i do remember doing it in that game um but we you do have to enable the underground oh, okay. like level from the menu and we didn't spot it for the first eight hours or so because you need a slightly more powerful server if you run the underground because it has to host both worlds at once um but i mean on our powerhouse machines and i suspect in most gaming machines it wasn't a problem um, one of the memories that really sticks with me in that game, and this was, we usually play games quite antisocially, uh, so we'll mm. always whack it on private, but one of the games I accidentally left it on public, and I remember about 45 minutes in, uh, a random player dropped in, and we never saw them, and I think a couple others dropped in as well, and we never saw them, and then about an hour and a half later, they died, and we came across their corpse, and they built like a little half base in the in the hour that they were in our world. And I think the two bodies are near each other, so maybe they found each other and played their own little game, and we just found the corpses because they died after 20 nights Took or something. Took all the loot. <laughs> I took it back to our base, but that was really cool. And I would play a public game again, just like for that. Um, a really, really fun experience. And we should definitely try that again. Um, and they too and have course, modding um, support, so that's another feature I really like in games like this because you can always add... Well, and there's some mods that are really useful, right? Like we added the mini map to the the main screen, which is exceptionally useful. Find my useful. beefalo was the yeah. most useful one. Um, <laughs> but I, I I would love to see what they've got now in the in the moddings because it had like another nine months to mature, I guess. So. Yeah, no, we definitely need to play that again. Mm. Perhaps with our mutual friend, Mister Chris Ford. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Anyway, on to number two. This is... was a. Really surprising second choice. And this came out of left field, really, when the Black Friday deals came around. I'm sure we'll do an episode on this soon because it was a really good game. And this was Forza Horizon 3. And I remember it swinging around on the Black Friday sale. And I was like, ah, I haven't played a driving game for a while. And I think you got it before me, right? And you said it was good. Yeah, I bought it pretty much, hmm, I think, about three weeks after it came out. Um, I was drunk. Shop. <laughs> and I bought it on the Xbox One um, because I downloaded the demo and I, was, I played the first level of the demo. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. I'm going to get this. So I bought it and then was very happy to find out it was part of Let's Play, mm. uh, which means that I can play it on my Xbox One um, and then continue playing on Windows 10. I mean, it does it through like the Windows 10 store, the download and everything. Uh, it's not on Steam or anything like that. Uh, but that doesn't really matter to me and it plays absolutely fine. Um, so it's been kind of nice for me to be able to switch between which device I play it on, whether I play it on my big ultra-wide monitor with nice graphics and fast frame rate, or I play it at like 30 frames a second, not 1080p, just um, <laughs> in front of TV. And what I, what I really liked about this game was I was really surprised at the extent of the co-op they had in there. I mean, yeah. I love the fact you can just drop into someone else's world and then carry on playing. I mean, I guess the host is the one that then determines what what courses are available and what races you can do. But mm. I guess you could 
you could make progress towards a lot of your achievements, even in my world. Um, yeah, it didn't. Um, it didn't seem to sync progress in the races and stuff. I mean, mm. like you got XP and credits, um, but they didn't sync. Like if I finished one of your races that I hadn't done in my world yet, when I came back, that race wasn't marked as completed, um, which was a bit annoying. I could have kind of liked it if it had done it that way, um, but I can appreciate why it doesn't do it that way because I could have potentially played in a race that i hadn't unlocked yet and that would cause issues mm. um but all like the billboards and xp boards and stuff mm. that listed around the place they were synced and stuff like beauty spots that you find were synced um and all your credits and xp came back to you and i think you actually got extra credits for playing in co-op it's yeah definitely a few extra ones um and it was a lot easier to win races because every race was basically us two against 10 <laughs> other people um and for every car that you were in front of um you would gain 100 points and they would lose all of their points yeah um so if one of you came first then you won you'd won the race overall (laughs) yeah there was no way mathematically that they could win um so you always got a lot of xp for that as well so it was good it was a lot of fun um i mean it was like you say unexpected uh that it would have such good co-op um and that it would be such a fun experience, but it was a nice one just to casually stick on and just you know mess around driving while we were chatting. Didn't require much concentration. Whereas, don't starve together. What I thought you were going to say when you're saying that you're usually we're quite antisocial um, <laughs> is that from a point of view of us talking while we're playing uh-huh. games, we couldn't talk while we were playing Don't Starve Together <laughs> with each other. We had to concentrate on what we were doing and only talk about the game that we're playing. Whereas with Forza, you don't have to think about what you're doing, you're just driving. And sometimes we might go, oh, cool, did you see the way I just smacked that car <laughs> out of the way? Or, oh, you bastard, you just sneaked past me. Um, but generally, we could just chat about other stuff while we're playing, which was kind of nice for a change of pace. Yeah, and they made some really nice concessions in the game for the co-op. I thought it was really nice how if we started a race together, you could just take my car, which meant that we were on an even footing. Because one of the troubles with these sorts of games sometimes is if you come in with your own set of cars, either you're... I mean, you were often vastly ahead because you played it quite a lot more before me. Uh, So if you just come in with your your Bugatti, then you would easily have just wiped the floor with me. So I think it was really nice that they let you just take my car so that we could always have a fair and equal race. And... I guess it was nice because we didn't really race competitively unless we were both no. first and second, and then we would have a little fun fight over first. But quite often, you would, you sort of career like one of you would have a little accident a third of the way and through the race. No unwind button. Yeah, and that's uh, <laughs> of course no unwind in, in co-op, so you just had to suffer on through. But that was that was nice. It made for some uh, interesting moments when we were near each other. But a lot of the time, one of us was first or second, and the other one was fourth or fifth, and then you'd be having your own race. Or twelfth, that's that's being nice, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because one little accident with a tree. That was one of the annoying things, right, is that um, you could bash your way through 70% of the trees, but ones that were slightly bigger and the distinction wasn't always clear would just stop you dead in your tracks. So yep. you got into the habit of kind of going, oh, it's a little tree, I'll just go through it. And then all of a sudden your car just stops. You're like, oh. Or just uh, missing the barriers of the course. So yeah, you know, these little green flags, which are the checkpoints you have to go through. And sometimes you get a little bit overconfident with your drift skills and maybe just cut it a bit fine. And sometimes it would be very lenient and be like, yeah, that's fine. Other times it'd be like, nope, you missed that one. In five <laughs> seconds, we're going to kick you you back where you were so then you just sat there for a few seconds going ah oh. 
And that, that's <laughs> the worst period, you, that five seconds. You're like, yeah. you're making me watch a countdown. And then at the end of the countdown, it's going to teleport you back to the start. <laughs> with, no, with no velocity. So I'm going to have to accelerate from that point again. It's like a oh, double punishment. Um, but yeah, but overall, really good. And we didn't really play the adventure mode, I guess, because we, we knew each other. So we could just pick all the things we wanted to do. But I, I like the fact there was an adventure mode. And I like the fact you could define your own races. So there was one, that one time when we just decided to do the... I can't remember what it was, like 100 miles worth of events. 100 miles took race, About yeah. 200 hours, and that was kind of cool. Uh, but we could also have done the adventure mode where I think there's some kind of voting system so you can play with yeah. a couple of friends and people that you don't know, and you can race together, and then you can vote on what course to go to next or what things to go to next. So I think it really hung together as a co-op game, and that was, uh, like I say, a surprise, but it was yeah, yeah, really fun. And we must have really sunk 30 hours into it as co-op, I think, maybe. Uh, yeah, um, about that. You've probably sent 30 more in on your own. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I got the um, Blizzard Mountain DLC, uh, which you don't have yet. Um, so we've not played that in co-op, but that's also well worth getting. Really, really nice, mm-hmm. especially on PC. It just looks beautiful. Um, you slap some snow tires on, although you don't have to. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then you just slide around the mountain with snow everywhere. It's great. Really, really nice looking game. So right, that so. leads us up to our, our finale, the number one. Number one, which I would never have believed. Uh, <laughs> but it is Rocket League. Yay. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I'm sure most people have heard of. It's basically football with cars uh, that can inexplicably shoot rockets and fly <laughs> slightly. <laughs> so John had already had this on PlayStation 4 and PC, I think, for quite a while and had been playing it regularly with other people. Um, and I randomly got given it uh, as part of the Humble Bundle Monthly deal mm. that I'm part of. Um, so I got a free copy of it. Um, and it came, I got that just as my gaming PC was built in May. Uh, because up until the time we stopped recording this show, um, I was using my Mac or the Xbox. But now I've got a full gaming PC. Um, so uh, I was able to play it on that properly. Although it is available on Mac now, I believe. I don't know how good it is on the Mac. Um, in any case, uh, I played it quite a bit so that we could play together um, and found that I was woefully terrible at it. Like, I couldn't even hit the ball half the time. <laughs> um, so I sunk maybe 20, 30 hours of practice into it um, so that the next time we played, I wasn't just horrible at it. Um, and then I improved quite dramatically um, and I was actually hitting the ball, which was nice. So then I sunk another 20 to 30 hours into it and then I was scoring goals. Um, and now we play pretty much all the time. <laughs> so this yeah, is the, we do. the main reason that we've not recorded anything for uh, over six months is because every time we get a bit of spare time, we think to ourselves, should we record a podcast? Oh, we could play Rocket League. We'll record we a podcast play. after one hour of Rocket League. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's uh, certain things that make Rocket League great. I mean, not just because we've been playing it a lot, but I, I really like the fact that the, the matches are short. So it's a five-minute yeah. match time, uh, plus a little bit of time for goals and replays. But you know, it usually comes up to about five or six minutes. Uh, you can play on your own, 1v1, or teams of two or three, or even four if you're not playing in the ranked. Or against um, the AI. Or you can play against the AI, yeah. So you, and I think you said that you had the learning curve, but that's only because I played it for you. I think if you both went into this, if we both went into this, like with the, the out any hours behind it, then we both could have learned together. There's nothing would have stopped us from just playing 2v2 
uh, even ranked without any skill and just learning that way, sort of the hard way. Uh, the ranking system is pretty good. It feels like you very often get fair matches at whatever end of the scale you are. And even if you're playing with a beginner and a more proficient player, it still seems to find pretty good matchups. I mean, okay, it doesn't always get it right because no ranking system is perfect, right? But it does a pretty good job of finding you some good matches. Yeah, um, it's... It- it seems like I mean we've played it for 160 hours since May, no, <laughs> since June, um, and I think there's only been a handful of evenings where we've complained about the matchmaking. Like the most annoying problem is that you will play against someone who is massively better at you. Uh, they start winning five nil, and so then you forfeit, um, and then you get put in a game with them. Yeah, again. <laughs> you're like surely there's two other people that are available but um that minor gripe aside i mean the matchmaking is great really and uh, this is one of the there's there's two phrases that come to mind for this game i think they're both amazingly well fitting it's kind of like easy to learn and difficult to master is clearly why this game is so great it's very easy to pick up and play you can drive around you can flip your car and you can hit the ball pretty early on i mean you might not hit it every time but you can go for it Uh, and every time that you feel like you've you've lost a goal or you've missed the ball you always know it's your fault it's not that counter strike maybe where you just oh i've been headshotted from across the map (sighs) it's kind of oh i missed the ball god damn it that was so close so i think it always feels fair even if it's unfair because they're better than you the mechanics of the game always feel fair. Um, and then the other the other phrase is just one more go. I mean, <laughs> how many how many nights have we said we'll stop at one and it gets to three and you're like, oh, but now we're on a winning streak or, one more. or we've just lost one. We need to make up for that. <laughs> There's always a reason to play one more match. Um, and it's always it's a, fun. A very addictive game. Um, and like you say, yeah. Uh, difficult to master is exactly right i mean even now with 160 hours in um we see people regularly who see a ball coming down the end of the pitch and they just jump in the air boost ridiculously high into the air hit it and score a goal and you think (laughs) how um and we get better i mean i'm pretty good at driving up the wall and scoring goals off the side of the walls uh whereas john's pretty good at the rocket jumps um, but it's there's so much better that we could be. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think we're probably hitting our inbuilt level of skill shortly, like <laughs> without playing for another thousand hours, which is a vague <laughs> possibility. Uh, I don't think we're going to improve much more, but we still have fun at the level we're at. And also we've got um, another friend that uh, John works with that um, sometimes we'll play 3v3, uh, which changes things quite dramatically because at that point, you can have two people attacking and pushing the ball forward and one person in the goal just in case. Whereas when we're in 2v2, it's a very different game because if we both go forward to try and push the ball forward, all it takes is someone to get a lucky shot over the top of you and then you've got an open goal for them. So it really does change the dynamic quite a lot being in 2v2 or 3v3. Um, So that's been quite good at at keeping the longevity of it, I think. And I think... Just as a kart game, it's really nice that you can go in with two or three of you and you can just play as a team. Uh, there aren't that many games where you can... Like in Titanfall, you're part of a team, but there's other members around you. Uh, whereas in this, you can just be two of you and you can play the game and you are a complete team. And that's really nice. It's kind of, There's no random who you can blame if it goes wrong or no one that can carry you unless we're playing with our friend. <laughs> 
he can carry, he can carry us any day. Um, I will point out that I'm the one with the higher rank. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's. I think that's really cool as well. Like we can just sit down and play some Rocket League and know that when we win, we deserved it, not because we're playing with a level 170 guy who happens to carry us. So. So there we have it. There are top six games of 2016. Um, so we're going to be on a fortnightly schedule from now on. Um, so you can check us out at connectedhost.co.uk. Um, you can chat to us on Twitter at CTHCast. So if you want to suggest games for us to try, um, we've got quite a backlog um, because despite playing Rocket League most of the time, we did play a few other games. <laughs> um, so we will be covering more of those over the coming weeks um, but if you've got a chance please do leave a review on iTunes because it helps us out uh, but thanks for listening and uh, we'll hope you join us again soon time to go play some Rocket League I think it is <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>